from Tidbits on June 29th, 2015. This is 11 Stupid Backup Strategies by Joe Kissel. Last month, when Adam, Tanya, and I attended the ASMC, that's Apple Specialists Marketing Corporation Spring Conference in San Francisco, one of the special activities was a field trip to the Drive Savers headquarters in Novato. Drive Savers is a data recovery company. They're the ones you call when you lose critical data from a hard drive or SSD and don't have a backup. They can disassemble your drive in a clean room, perform the electronic equivalent of brain surgery on it, and in most cases recover your crucial missing data. For more on Drive Savers, read Jeff Carlson's article, Drive Savers to the Rescue from August 30th, 1999. Needless to say, these recovery services come at a cost, but in truly critical situations, you can't put a price on this sort of magic. The Drive Savers facility was a geek paradise. The only time I've seen anything close to that amount of high-tech gear in one place was when I visited CERN's Large Hadron Collider in Geneva. I loved learning about every part of the data recovery process. From a technical point of view, it was utterly fascinating. It was also eye-opening to hear about some of the high-profile customers Drive Savers has helped. The walls were covered with autographed photos of celebrities for whom the company had recovered data, including, somewhat ironically, Brent Spiner, who played Data on Star Trek The Next Generation. All throughout the tour, I had two conflicting feelings. One was, wow, it would be so cool to work here. The other was, my mission is to put them out of business. I say this, of course, not out of any malice toward the fine folks at Drive Savers, but because I've been beating the backups drum for years, and if everyone had adequate backups, one of the main reasons for Drive Savers' existence would disappear. The company would be fine, in fact, because they also do lots of work for law enforcement and government agencies and deal with plenty of situations in which backups wouldn't have been a factor. In my new book, Backing Up Your Mac, A Joe on Tech Guide, I lay out a strategy that aims to be, shall we say, highly bullet-resistant. There are no guarantees when it comes to computers, and as Robert Heinlein once said, it is impossible to make anything foolproof because fools are so ingenious. That qualification aside, the system I use personally and explain in my book offers Mac users a simple way to achieve peace of mind. As I often say, even if a meteorite destroyed my house and all my equipment, while I wasn't at home, obviously... I have 100% confidence that I would lose absolutely no important data. Nuclear war, a zombie apocalypse, or an asteroid strike might be too much, but then I'd have bigger things to worry about anyway. As I talk to people about my book, I frequently hear responses along the lines of, well, here's what I do to back up my Mac. What do you think of my system? More often than not, I don't say what I think, which is, wow, that is one of the stupidest strategies I've ever heard of. The fact that your backup strategy is stupid does not imply that you are stupid. It only means that you may not have given careful thought to what disasters could harm your data, theft, fire, hurricane, malware, software bugs, user error, and so on, or exactly what steps you would take if something did go wrong. I don't want you to have stupid backups. I want you to have such excellent backups that you're justifiably confident of being able to recover from any sort of data loss. In that spirit, here are 10, wait, Make that 11 stupid backup strategies I urge you to avoid. Number one, having no backups at all. According to a recent post on the Backblaze blog, an annual survey found that only 8% of respondents back up their computers every day, a figure that worryingly has dropped over the past couple of years, whereas 16% back up less frequently than once a year and 25% never back up at all. 
Doing nothing is, of course, the worst way to approach backups. You're trusting that everything will work perfectly no matter what you do or what someone else does, and that's too much to ask of a computer. You will lose data at some point. Something is always better than nothing when it comes to backups. Number two, depending on data recovery apps or services. If you accidentally delete a file on your Mac, you might be able to undelete it using any of numerous data recovery apps. If that fails, as it would if the drive is electronically or mechanically damaged, a company like DriveSavers may be able to rescue your data. But assuming you'll be able to use one of these approaches if disaster occurs is unwise. Sometimes they fail. And if the cause of data loss is theft or, you know, a meteorite that pulverized your Mac, there's no disk to work with anyway. This might be an appropriate time to mention that if you work for a company that makes data recovery software, you can stop pitching me about reviewing it. I'm all about prevention, and I think my reader's money is far better spent on backups than on recovery tools. Number three, wishful thinking. A couple of weeks ago, a novelist acquaintance of mine complained on Facebook about having lost three scenes from a novel revision because she accidentally deleted the document. A friend helpfully suggested that since she's a Mac user, she could retrieve the document using Time Machine. But no, she replied, she never actually saved or even named the document. So there was nothing for Time Machine to back up. Head. Desk. It's true that some apps auto-save your work, giving you a way to pick up where you left off, even if you never name a new document. BBEdit, which I'm using to write this article, is one such app. But not all apps function this way, and even when they do, there are ways in which users might accidentally delete the auto-saved files. Pretty much all backup systems assume users will take at least the basic, obvious step of naming their files and saving them once, after which regular auto-saves often kick in, storing additional versions automatically. Number four, doing manual backups. I know people who back up their Macs, or at least a subset of their files, occasionally, whenever it occurs to them, either by making a clone or by manually copying files to another drive. Well, as I said, something is better than nothing, but in my experience, the day you forget to back up something manually or run out of time is the day you lose data. Having backups run automatically is a far superior idea. Number five, using only Time Machine. I think it's fantastic that Time Machine exists and is built into OS X. Apple was absolutely right to make backups as simple and convenient as possible, not to mention free. And to be sure, using Time Machine is way better than nothing at all. But I've had too many troubling experiences with Time Machine and have heard about countless more to rely on it as my sole backup software. For example, as I wrote in my Joe on Tech article, Why I Don't Rely on Time Machine, in the last month, my wife and I both encountered unrecoverable time machine errors that required us to erase our backup drives and start over from scratch. The disks themselves were fine, but the backup data wasn't, and not even fancy disk repair software could fix the problem. Time Machine might function perfectly for years, only to choke randomly like this. So although Time Machine is convenient and totally fine as an additional backup, I wouldn't feel comfortable using or recommending it exclusively. There's another downside about Time Machine too, which is that if your entire disk dies, your only option is to reformat or replace the disk and then restore the whole thing from your backup, a process that can take many, many hours. During that time, you won't be able to use your Mac for anything else, which is why I strongly recommend a bootable duplicate or clone as part of your backup plan. But that brings me to the next problem. Number six, using only clones for backup. 
Clones are great. They let you get back to work almost instantly if anything goes wrong. Just reboot while holding down Option and select the clone. They also give you a way to downgrade to your previous version of OS X should anything go wrong when upgrading to a new version. By the way, if you're not giving your clones names like Sarah, Allison, Cosima, and Helena, you're doing it wrong. One problem with using only clones for backup is that they don't necessarily give you a way to retrieve accidentally deleted files or earlier versions of files if you discover you need them only after updating your clone. Some cloning software does let you archive such items, but you have to know what you're doing. Another problem is that if your clone is stored with your Mac, then anything that happens to the Mac, tornado, burglar, etc., can also take out your only backup. This, in turn, leads us to number seven, having no off-site backups. You know that metaphorical meteorite that I keep going on about? It might take out my house in California, but it almost certainly won't also take out Crash Plan's data center in Minnesota or any of several other places I store my data. Same goes for data loss due to thieves, burst pipes, or a fire, all of which are far more likely than meteorites, if your only backups are stored locally. Your data is protected against only a limited subset of dangers. You can address this by making extra backups that you store at a friend's house, in a safety deposit box, or in another safe location. Or you can use a cloud service such as CrashPlan, Backblaze, or Dolly Drive. But however you do it, make sure you have an off-site copy of your data. However, the reverse is also true. Number eight, having only online backups. Online backups are great for many things, but if you should ever have to restore more than a few gigabytes from online storage, let alone an entire disk, you'll be in for a long wait because you'll be constrained by your internet provider's bandwidth. You may also run into data caps that prevent you from downloading all your backed up data in a single month. Faced with such a problem, you might be able to pay the backup provider to send your data on a hard drive. But while you're waiting for your data to download or for the FedEx truck to arrive, you won't have access to your data. Personally, I'd have a real problem with all that downtime, which is why local backups are part of the mix for me. Of course, if you want to boot from a clone, it must be on a local hard drive. The next two stupid strategies are also related to online backups. Number nine, relying solely on Dropbox or similar services. Dropbox is wonderful. I use it every day to store files in the cloud and sync them across my devices. Many other cloud storage services, such as iCloud Drive, Box, Amazon Cloud Drive, Google Drive, and Microsoft OneDrive, offer roughly comparable features. And most of these even offer a limited, primitive backup-like feature, the capability to restore older versions of files or deleted files, at least if they're less than a month old. That's all good, and in fact, using a service like Dropbox can make data restoration quicker and easier in some situations. But because you can't count on these services to store all the data on your Mac to keep it indefinitely, or to make it easy to recover a lot of data at once, there are no substitute for proper backups. Number 10, assuming web apps don't need backups. Do you use Google Docs, Office 365, iWork for iCloud, or any of a zillion other such web apps to create and collaborate on documents? Most of us do, at least occasionally. Fine, but do you also have a local copy of those documents? I'll bet you don't. And that's a bad idea. It's not hard to find stories about people who open Google Docs or whatever one day to find that a crucial document had vanished for no apparent reason and with no apparent recourse. These sorts of things don't happen often, but they do happen. You can't assume a cloud service will back up your data adequately or that you'll be able to recover it yourself even if it was backed up. 
And even if the data is there, an internet outage or server problem could prevent you from accessing it at a crucial moment. Word to the wise, make your own backups of documents created in the cloud or use a specialized utility like CloudPool. And number 11, thinking of RAID as a backup. A reader suggested this addition after I posted my original list, and I couldn't agree more. In fact, I discussed this explicitly in my book. A RAID uses multiple hard drives to function as a single logical volume. Among the many ways a RAID can be configured, mirrored RAIDs, that's RAID 1, are most often confused with backups because they write every block to two different physical disks, providing 100% redundancy. RAID 5 and 6 also provide redundancy, but in a different way. Well, isn't that basically the same as a clone, only better, since it's always up-to-date? No. Indeed, the fact that it's always up-to-date is part of the problem. If you accidentally delete a file, for example, it's deleted instantly on both drives in your mirrored RAID. If you have directory damage, file corruption, malware, or any of numerous other problems, it affects both drives equally. And, of course, if the RAID is stolen or damaged, it doesn't help at all. The only thing a mirrored RAID protects you against is the hardware failure of a single drive. Fair enough, that happens, but it's not the same thing as a backup. I hope you've spent this entire article rolling your eyes at these ridiculous excuses for backup strategy, all the while reminding yourself that your own backup strategy is smart and doesn't suffer from any of these defects. If so, then I'm glad you've enjoyed this entertaining look at how the other 92% live. However, if by any chance you found yourself wincing now and then because you recognize something in this list that you yourself do, don't feel ashamed. It's okay. We've all been there. Just don't stay there. Pick up a copy of Backing Up Your Mac, a Joe on Tech Guide, and learn how to educate your backups. Then you and I can both have that meteorites won't destroy my data confidence, and we can turn our attention to more pressing tasks like protecting ourselves from zombies. This is Tidbits, sponsored in part this week by Smile, ScanSnap, Automatic, Mapbox, and Bushel. To follow links, make comments, read related articles, subscribe to our podcast, and get updates via email, RSS, Twitter, Facebook, and our iOS app, visit us at tidbits.com. I'm Joe Kissel, and thanks for listening.